and I just started walking my dog, and I called my brother to tell him all the news. My daughter was getting married, and I was all excited, and I was telling him all this fun story, and that was that was where it all kind of started. <laughs> How did you first realize that you were in trouble? Uh, my dog, he uh, he came out of the dark and ran right between my legs, and he, you know, had his hackles up and his ears down, his tail down, and he was hauling the mail. And I knew something wasn't right. I, and I had my head up like this, talking on the phone, and I just kind of looked over my shoulder, and the bear was maybe 20, 25 meters behind me, just barreling like a steamroller. Half a ton of angry pot roast, you know. <laughs> you know, I didn't have enough time to do anything but turn and get tackled. How were you able to get help in that situation, as you just described it, where you had no chance to do anything but be attacked? Well, you know, I uh, I just kind of put up with the beating for a minute, minute and a half, something like that. And when she finally decided she was done with me, she dragged me off the runway and kind of buried me up a little bit. And I thought, oh, great, because that means she's she's going to come back later, which gives me a time break. And uh, and when I opened my eyes, she had dragged me back to my phone. <laughs> so the phone was within arm's reach. So I was able to pull my phone in and call my wife and call 911 and get people launched. And and then it got scary. Up until then, I hadn't been scared. I was just kind of in the moment. But then it's like the people who sat in that, was it, I can't remember which, the Missouri, is it the one they talk about? The sharks eating everybody in World War II and they were waiting their turn. That's how I felt. It's like, she's going to come. And she did. She came back once while I was on the phone, 911. And uh, I heard her claws in the gravel as she walked around and sniffed a little bit. And then she disappeared, and my dog came back, and I felt pretty good about that. Uh, if he'll sit next to me, then I'm probably pretty safe. So you were on the phone with 911, and you heard the bear coming back. Yeah, and I couldn't get the guy to go quiet. I said, go, shh, quiet, quiet, quiet. I had to stick the phone under my chest and lay back down on the ground and cover my head. And I thought I was in for round two. But she just walked by and disappeared, and I didn't know which way. And when the police showed up, Officer Woodard, what a guy, he got out and he said it was so dark, he couldn't see past the end of his barrel. And so he just stood astride me with a shotgun in his hand, back to the car, drove right over me, and just we just waited until the ambulance showed up. I can't imagine being able to lay still like that after you've been attacked once, you hear the bear coming back. What was in your mind, if you can recall it, that you were able to keep yourself still because that fight or flight response, as you know, is really strong. Oh, it is. It is. And I did the wrong thing because I, fl I fled. Uh, but, uh, you know, I was pretty beaten down by that point, and I just didn't want a second run. And I figured that when I went quiet, I was yelling on the phone to my brother, and I think my voice antagonized the bear. The attack was much more vicious while I was screaming into the phone. But once the phone dropped... And I was just myself. I covered up. I went quiet. And she kind of let it go. Is there anything that you learned that will that you would do differently next time if something like this hopefully uh, yeah, doesn't happen my again? Advice to the public, so to speak. Um, I I think that being quiet. They always say play dead. Well, I think that includes don't vocalize as much as you can. Don't vocalize because I think that just incites the bear. And I truly, when I went quiet, truly quiet, she jumped on me, cracked a few ribs, dragged me off, and that was the end of it. But up until then, I'd been screaming into my phone, and 
and, and yelling when she was clawing and beating at me and ripping my coat. And I think that was inciting more violence. So I would recommend biting your tongue and just trying as hard as you can not to make any noise. Easier said than done, I'm sure. But <laughs> beyond the wonderful fact that you lived through the experience, there was also a, a bit of a... A uh, humorous event that happened uh, with the bear stepping on your back and acting sort of as a chiropractor. Oh, yeah, yeah. I had been teaching some wrestling moves in practice, I don't know, a week or so earlier and popped a rib out. And my chiropractor to jump off the ceiling, couldn't get that thing to move. And I was just living in pain. And when she jumped on my back the first time, I was like, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> and then the next time she broke a few ribs and that wasn't so pleasant, but... It, it felt a lot better after that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is amazing that the bear put your rib back in place. Well, Ron, thank you so much for sharing your story with us and glad to see you here in person and that you're doing okay. Oh, yeah, I'm doing great. And, you know, life's just a lot happier since then, too. You know, you, when you think you're not going to have any more of it, you tend to appreciate it more when you get it back. I'm sure of that. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you very much.